Welcome back to Nobody's, everyone. I'm Rupesh Patel. Kyle's back with me this week. Glad to have him back. We're just going to... We don't even have anything to talk about. I think we're just going to start talking and see where it kind of goes, which I'm which I'm actually excited about because we, you and I haven't really chatted in a while. So let's, yeah. let's let our, our massive audience into our, our conversations, Kyle. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's a good idea. If you listen to our last couple of podcasts, and I'm speaking more specifically to the um like the episodes where it's just you and me yeah and particularly the last one the, the calling of the american mind the most interesting part of that episode was the first 15 minutes where we talked about gmos i think yeah and the rest was just like a shitty book review <laughs> it's just like red scripted notes for an hour it was like being stuck in a class the teacher comes in and puts up a powerpoint and there's like two thousand words in the powerpoint and there's like 30 slides and he just reads or he or she just reads like every word on every slide. It's just, it was awful. But so I thought that like the, the best part of that conversation was just us talking, but watch now that we go into an episode without a plan that we can't just rely on our hilarious banter and just be just a huge wet fart, but who knows? I think we'll be fine. I think we'll be fine. Happy father's day, by the way. Happy father's day to you. How, uh, how'd you celebrate? What, um, what was your day like? Well, we were supposed to, well, we started off with waffles. So when Sunday you, morning is our waffles thing. Yeah, which like super dad thing, right? Like that's a real dad move to just make Thanks. waffles every Sunday, which I really dig. My wife's dad made made hamburgers every Saturday. Okay. Awesome. Uh, what when you do waffles? Like, what's the recipe you're using? Like, what do you do? Well, we got we got restrictions in our house, right? We got hey. gluten, we got dairy, we got all kinds of stuff. So actually, our recipe's pretty clean. Um, actually kind of comes from Oshi Glows, modified a little bit. Um, but buckwheat is the base. Buckwheat oh, yeah. is is awesome. Have so you? Good. Yeah. Uh, like, I grew up on the buckwheat pancakes. That was a thing that uh, my dad made. Not every okay. weekend, but pretty frequently. Okay. Yeah. So buckwheat base, lots of protein in there. A um, little bit of rice flour, a little bit of uh, tapioca starch. Um, what else we got? We got vanilla in there. What holds uh, it maple together? Maple syrup. Because I, from from what my experience eating like gluten free. Um, breads or cakes or whatever is it mm. generally it's kind of dry there's always something sort of yeah you need something to so bind what's it. your cohesive um ingredient there's actually it's funny you'd think it'd be like chia seeds or something but the buckwheat itself really holds really well and buckwheat's so crazy th- good for you isn't it doesn't like yeah have, oh yeah. yeah it's very very good for you it has a full amino acid profile which is important um so yeah a really really sort of great uh it's not even a grain it's a berry right it's it's, it's seeds from a berry what? How do you um know that? Or fruit or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so we use buckwheat, rice flour, uh, some starches that help, and then vanilla, maple syrup, and then bananas, and just put you it all together. You the vanilla, the artificial vanilla, or are you using like... No, no, vanilla, vanilla extract. Yeah, we oh, always so you got vanilla. that vanilla extract money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. so expensive. I had a friend come it, back from like Madagascar one time, and they brought like this jar, like Madagascar vanilla, yeah. and it was yeah. like worth its weight in gold. So good. Well, if you, because we always get it from Costco, and Costco's had it priced at forty bucks for the the bottle, right? And we're so used to getting it at like twenty, and so we've just been 
you know, rationing our vanilla for a good yeah. like two years. And then I would say, I think in the last three, four months, the supply has caught up to the demand. And they said that there was something going on in Madagascar because apparently that's where like the vanilla comes from. Most of the vanilla, I don't know. Um, yeah. And so it, it's caught up and now the bottle's back down to 20. So, oh, nice. so we loaded up in a little bit of vanilla, but yeah, definitely have to have vanilla. That makes a big difference. I've sure. heard you can make your own vanilla. If you can get your hands on vanilla beans, which maybe that's more expensive than vanilla itself, but yeah. you can make your own vanilla just by putting vanilla in like a, like a, like a vodka or almost like a flavorless liquor and soaking the beans in that flavorless liquor. And I, I've done it. I'm, I think it was like a flavorless liquor. Anyways, I did it once really, really good stuff, but I have no, like the vanilla beans we just had for some reason. So probably like vanilla beans, are like $30. <laughs> well, another big thing though is apparently vanilla powder. Mm. So one of our family members, um, introduced us to vanilla powders in your in your tea, but this stuff is like incredibly expensive. Like a small bag, uh, probably like you know maybe six inches in size or whatever, is like eighty to a hundred dollars. Like just, saffron, yeah, saffron's yeah. insane. And I don't, I'm not sure what sort of added benefit or if added flavor it does, but mm. it's like a new twist on vanilla. So. Weird, I had no idea. Um, yeah. Anyway, sorry. So I, I uh, keep interrupting. No, no, no. That's no. So, so yeah. Put that all together and then put in the waffle maker. What so yeah, it, it totally like one of those sweet big round ones. Uh, not like the not like the ones you get in the motels. Yeah, Is that what you're thinking exactly about? The ones you just about. kind of flip over. No, yeah. not that. Just a sort of Cuisinart, and uh, yeah, works really really well. Uh, so yeah, make it make it to go. You're invited to come. I think you're coming, right? You're coming for waffles as yep. soon as we can open things up here. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I think in a couple of weeks here, I'll be yeah. popping over to your place for a little waffle party. Um, I'm amped. Waffles are so delicious. Like I, If I could eat like three things, and this would probably change depending on the day you ask me, but if somebody's like, you can only eat three things the rest of your life, one of them would, I think would be like a waffle or a pancake. I have to pick, but waffles, especially with like whipped cream and berries, Oh my god! And there's a really good. I have a friend who's gluten free, and she makes a, she makes um, the whipped cream out of basically just like you take a nice high quality coconut milk, coconut milk, take yeah. the solids yeah. out of it, and just whip the shit out yep. of it. And it yep. actually, re- and I think that she adds some vanilla to it, and maybe yep. something. It's we do fantastic. that too. It's really good. Yeah. It's it's actually like not even a substitute. It's just like a nice topping to have. And it, and and the little bit of coconut is just it. It's just so refreshing too. It's like it's a nice flavor. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have to maybe do that for you too. But uh, yeah. So so that's sort of our our waffle thing that happens every Sunday. I think Michelle's kind of done with waffles. I'm <laughs> totally into it. I get so excited. I so I eat like about four of these waffles, and they're a pretty good size. Mm. And I will admit that when I get into the fourth one, I actually get a little sad. I get a little <laughs> sad because I'm like I gotta wait another effing week for a waffle, right? <laughs> like waffles. it's just. So, but, but the good thing is that sometimes there's a little bit of extra batter. And so then I could have it on Monday morning, uh, but I gotta so do, do you, I gotta do it though without Avina noticing. Otherwise you, she's going to want the uh, waffle. I guess but, that's right. So do you yeah. just make an extra waffle and then put it in the fridge or do you keep the batter and then break the waffle? Oh no, it's gotta be. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it's gotta be <laughs> made to, made to order. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Cause we you can't have with, a cold waffle. That just, no, well you'd no. heat it up. You'd like put it in the toaster or something. We, when we make pancakes, there's always some left over. And we just put them in a toaster, and it's it's mm-hmm. fine. It's not they're not as good, for sure they're not as good. But it's easier than just like cooking more pancakes. But well, the the waffle iron doesn't take. But cleaning that a waffle iron is up. horseshit. 
Well, I don't know this, these non-stick ones. Like I don't, I just have to sort oh. of wipe it what off you with. You're not supposed a... to. You're not supposed to really wash it with soap or anything like that. You do you just, use... I just. Oh, is it cast iron? No, it's uh, like kind of the. It's non-stick. I mean, it's not. I don't know. I, uh, I'm okay. hoping. I'm sure it's got cancer built into no, it or no, something. I mean, but... but that's not what I'm getting at. But um, every waffle iron I've ever had, and maybe you got your like batter ratio dialed in or something. But every waffle mm-hmm. iron I've ever had. It always spills over, oh, and then no, it this hardens is, on the outside, this, and, it, and I got to scrape it off. That's actually that's probably why I make pancakes more than waffles, is because cleaning. And it, again, it's probably my process that's flawed. Cleaning a waffle iron sucks. Sounds like though that's not an issue in your house. No, oh, man, I got this down, man. I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm actually really excited for you to see this process. It's, yeah. Oh, uh, watch! I'll try it. I'll like wreck your <laughs> waffle maker when I'm over. <laughs> put too much batter on and fry it. Or like get yeah. the cord caught in the waffle or something. Uh, probably. Anyways, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. So, you, so waffles. Yeah, and start then, off with waffles, and then we're supposed to go to the zoo. Hmm. Now, I don't know. The zoo is, Sean and I have a, hard, but a little bit of a hard time sort of wanting to take Avina to the zoo, but we were like still young. We could make this learning experience, but I don't think it's going to be a long-term thing. I think we just... Why don't just you like zoos? Lose, well, we've... We feel sad for these animals. They're the saddest places on earth. Yeah, I honestly yeah. cannot stand zoos. Like, I, yeah. I mean, sorry. You know, we've taken our son to the zoo here, um, and we'll take him to a, you know, other zoos, I'm sure. But I do not like them at all. I mean, I guess for some, some of them have animals that have whatever, like a bald eagle that was hit by a plane or something. Whatever, right? Like, um, that's probably not true, but they'll have birds who have like flown into windows and like broken their necks and like been root um i hope that's the case because it, like it, the the zoo and like we you know we both live in edmonton if you've seen that bald eagle it's sad so it's sad it, to see that so it is true for for that bald eagle that bald eagle was injured in some way and, okay. and they helped Good. um rehabilitate it and now it's you know on display but like what about the tigers and like those zebras that don't, know. you know, all stuff. It it sort of makes me sad too. But my son will, my sons will never see a tiger outside of a zoo. Mm. It's cool to see. I love tigers. Mm. Probably my favorite animal. I was thinking about the other day. I think tigers are my favorite animal. I would never see a real tiger if I, you know, not for zoos. Well, you don't want to. <laughs> yeah, I would. No way, yeah. man. This is like yeah. killing machines. Tigers are so cool. Um, that's probably like biggest the biggest cat, biggest cat in the world. They're, they have tigers. to be the greatest predator. I mean on land certainly right like they're mm-hmm. they're so big so agile so strong if you ever want to really and this is probably uh the thing that really got me um into tigers there's a book called the tiger by a, a guy named john valiant and it's about this tiger in east uh eastern russia mm. um that and it's true that uh, so it's it's nonfiction that was hunting people and it's it's mm. it's a story of this tiger picking off people while this other mm. guy tries to chase down the tiger, and and the opening scene is like it like paints this picture of there's these footsteps in the snow that just stop. So like these so this guy's been missing. They can't find him. They find his footsteps and they just stop in the middle of the snow. I'm like well where'd he go? And they're looking around at night I think, and they're like I can't see it. And then they look like to the right, like 15 feet, and there's just like two tiger prints and then they look to the left 15 feet and that's it's like where the tiger landed so the tiger mm. takes off from the side snatches this guy and lands mm. on the other side of the tracks so far that when they were looking at the tracks they're like well what happened here 
Like they had to look around and be like, oh, that's where the tiger took off and that's where it landed and that's where it killed the guy. Insane. Anyways, ti- I mean, that sucks. Like that's not what, like I'm not pumped on tigers killing people, but yeah, they're super they're cool. They're super animals. scary. Like just like, yeah, they're like murder machines. Yeah. It's insane. Um, anyway, sorry. So you didn't go to the zoo or so, yeah. So you were going to go to the zoo, but you didn't go to the zoo. Sounds like. Yeah, we didn't go to the zoo because City of Edmonton has, they they needed a book online and we didn't know that. Mm. Yeah, so we got there and then, you know, had to break the news to Vina and she just broke down. Yeah, and then there was another family there and they said that they'd driven five hours to the zoo and they had no idea to book online. I I felt so bad for them. Oh, you wonder, you think, because I guess... Father's Day, it's probably a capacity. I was gonna say, like, if you're an attendant there, like, wouldn't you make? Away, I don't know. But... I'm, not, I'm not sure what, if if that family ultimately got through because we kind of just left because we didn't really want to um, get Vina's hopes up or anything like that. Yeah. But and also we can always come back. We don't live too far from it. So yeah. But yeah. So that was that was uh, that was a bummer. No, that, that sucks, dude. <laughs> yeah. But you got waffles, yeah. so that's good. We got waffles. Yeah, I didn't go to the zoo. But then we we've been doing a lot of playground hopping. I don't know if you do that with your with your kids, but yeah. we've been Edmonton's got some pretty pretty cool playgrounds. Yeah, really. So cool. you go to this one playground and it has a zip line. Like a like a legitimate zip line. What? Yeah. Really? And so I obviously try this thing <laughs> and it is so much fun. <laughs> So Michelle and I are just zipping, going. There's two of them. We're just going down these zip lines. But like when I say zip line, I I feel like it's like from tree to tree. It's like a hundred feet. Like is it? Is this just like a little? Like just tell me what you mean by zip line here, because in my mind, I, it's probably much uh, more grand. Yeah. So I would say this thing that the top bar that's holding the line is probably about maybe twenty feet in the air, Mm. and so you got to obviously stand up on a platform and you're sitting on this you're sitting on this sort of you know disc and with a thick rope and yeah and you just kind of let go and goes at a pretty good like (laughs) you just don't anticipate it right like when i went on i was like okay this is gonna go be slow and so it was kind of fast and so i think it's one of those things where you're like okay i'm at the playground nothing here is probably going to be entertaining for me and so you have this low expectation and then you're sitting on this thing and just zips you across and i have this big child smile (laughs) on my face because i'm like this is the greatest thing ever and so Avina's like calling Michelle. She's like, "Mommy, come here, come here." Michelle gets on it. She's like having the time of the world. Of the world. And so then we finally got Avina on it because Avina sat on on Michelle, and she loved it too. So it was just it was cool. So it was yeah. I'll have to tell you about this park. Yeah, you're gonna is, be uh, afterwards, like installing but... a zipline in your backyard. Yeah, Big zipline yeah. enthusiast is what you guys are gonna be. It was it was so much fun. Have you ever done a zip line at the West Edmonton Mall water park? No, I don't think I've ever done like a formal zip line. Okay. No, I never have. Um, yeah. I mean, it sounds cool. Not because I don't have anything against zip lines. I just have never done it. Um, would you do? Would you rather bungee or skydive? If you had, I mean, maybe it's neither. But if you had a choice, um, I don't know. Maybe bungee because sky the first. I'm not the kind. Of, I'm not going to do forty jumps or whatever to get to the point where I can skydive by myself. Like there's a certain like you have to get a certain amount of experience before you're allowed to jump out of an airplane by yourself. So if I went skydiving, I'd be strapped to somebody, uh, which which fine I guess. But bungee jumping, you'd be totally by yourself, and also you'd feel sort of weightless. I mean, I guess you'd feel weightless jumping in a plane, but like you just have this intense moment of you know, falling and then boo, you know, like there's a bit of a ride to it. 
I don't know though. Um, it's tough, tough call. Jumpshot would play to be pretty cool. Um, I didn't even actually think about the. I know you have to obviously jump tandem in the beginning, and then you have to work your way up, like you said. But I would. I was just going to stop at that. I was even going to work my way up to doing it by myself. I think the thing for me with bungee jumping is just like the band. Like I'm sure it's constructed so well, and that obviously You're about it's the band. So I'm working like... up about the band. I'm working about the band because like if that thing, obviously if it snaps, it's like an instant kind of like you have no time for processing your life or anything like that. that Whereas better? like if you're skydiving, like I feel like if the parachute didn't. First of all, if you're tandem, then it's like, okay, at least there's a little bit of backup. But if nothing good happens, at least you have some time to process things. I don't know. That's just. Would you want that, though? Wouldn't you just want to, like, everything goes black and then it's it's over? Like, like, like would you want to have the minutes of. But what a way to go for your family and stuff. I don't know. It's just. Both ways would be awful. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. But I maybe think... there's a softer landing with, the, with jumping out of a plane? Um maybe i don't know because don't they do these things over fields and stuff and yeah i don't know water apparently is very bad you don't want to hit water that's like hitting concrete it's a pencil wouldn't you you'd have to like just when like you're jumping off the high diving board at the pool yeah yeah but yeah yeah. good luck doing that i don't know man both them i i don't shy away from um activities that maybe i don't know how to say it are uh, people might say that they're for adrenaline junkie or like e- extreme sports or whatever. Like, you know, I like rock climbing. That's a lot of fun. I'm not saying that's an extreme mm. sport, but, but you know, things that have a bit of risk associated yeah. with them, I'm kind of cool with it, but I don't know. Skydiving, bungee jumping, that'd be a, I don't know. That's a, that'd be a very tough decision if I could only do one. The more I think about it, maybe skydiving because skydiving would be just like insane. It'd be so high up. I know. Right. It'd be so exhilarating, but I, I don't know if I would do it anytime soon because i feel like having kids now you young died. kids like, just change your perspective yeah what a stupid yeah. stupid thing yeah like what a stupid reason to die because you're but i think it definitely in like 70 80 90 kind of thing i would do it for sure <laughs> yeah yeah why not um i don't know yeah so well that sounds fun so you had waffles and then a little zipline action um, yeah unexpected zipline so that was fun and then yeah just kind of came home and had an awesome leftover lunch like we ate our chicken shawarma plates from the night before which is just yeah. tasted a whole lot better the day, next day and that was about it and you know, michelle made an awesome barbecue with uh she made these sweet potato buns yeah buns you, yeah i've, sweet had, potato, I've buns. had potato buns before not, not sweet potato buns no sweet potato buns see i gave you the choice of whether you want to come for a barbecue or waffles yeah. but you chose waffles so you're missing out on the sweet oh, potato buns well, waffles are still pretty good but maybe i'll just stay the whole day and you can <laughs> You can just, <laughs> just feed you. Yeah. Here, put my son to bed. It's his nap time. Yeah. I'm going to have a nap too. When I wake up, there better be sweet potato buns. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go sleep off these waffles. <laughs> um, well, that, that sounds like a pretty good day. Yeah, it was a good day. It was a good day. Sweet. Yeah. And I got uh, Vina. Vina gave me, oh, I breakfast in bed with waffles. So that was, but I'm not, are you a breakfast in bed kind of guy? Because I'm, I make so much of a mess when I Yeah, eat. I get, I, yeah, I get a little nervous about syrup. that because I, I had the, yeah, the syrup was in a little, it was, it was beautifully presented. Michelle did a great job and she had the syrup in the little container. But at one point I was like, oh, shoot, I got to wash my hands. I had to get out and I was like, oh, no, this is not going to work out. And, but, uh, Avina was even, she's like, be careful, daddy, because if you get syrup. It's like a pillow stuck to your forearm because you get yeah. syrup. I don't know. I can't eat pancakes and waffles. And I'm like, it's, I eat like a five-year-old. Like, I can't, I can't eat those things without getting my hands a little bit sticky. So yeah. Like, I don't know. 
that that's a it, it's a lovely gesture and a very like um a, appropriate thing to do right for for the father in your life that's nice that's sweet that's good yeah oh, sounds that's a good, pretty yeah. good day yeah what about you uh it was okay I, you know our one son's not feeling great so mm. didn't sleep much at all last night you can probably tell i got puffy pink eyes i think but yeah i didn't sleep much and just kind of looking after him and um but he he kind of started feeling better throughout the day and which is nice and yeah he painted me a little mug so i i like the you know tradition like the um what's the word quintessential like you know mug that says i love dad on it and yeah painted and nice. you know, frankly it's painted horribly but he's two and a half so who cares right yeah. it's it's just really nice to have that little thing so that was good and um huevos rancheros were on the docket but we pushed them oh. to tomorrow mm-hmm. um so uh i love huevos rancheros man i yeah. think i saw like sort of you know um you have a love for waffles and i do too i love them uh, yeah. but i love i don't know what it is i think i love i i would say i love mexican food but i think i love like that southern united states like tex-mex mm. bastardization mm-hmm. of it i man love that stuff so like and burritos and, well you're a burrito guy you oh, love, love your burritos, burritos. Love burritos. we had tacos yeah. last week love tacos we, we, and we meet a lot of fajitas <sighs> yeah I keep fajitas uh and so like where was rancheros is just the breakfast version of that yeah so that was on the docket but yeah because yeah, they got so, the egg on top right yeah yeah and there's a bunch yeah. of ways you can make it but i think yeah just like refried beans like fry up some peppers onions a little bit of cumin mm. maybe in there a little bit of chili powder a little bit of smoked paprika if you got it uh a little bit of salt and pepper and then Get your refried beans. Uh, so, yeah. so th- Sorry. So, it's peppers, onions, and then maybe throw some tomatoes in there. Cook them down real nice. You make this? What's that? You make it? I like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sometimes we make it. Not as much as I should. Um, mm. But then you just, like, make a little spot for some eggs. Like, basically poach the eggs and the tomatoes and peppers and stuff. And then get a little tortilla, crisp it up, put some refried beans on there. Some, uh, And then you put your, you just scoop your eggs with the peppers and tomatoes and stuff. Do a little bit of... um valentino's hot sauce that's the good stuff mm. it's fantastic and that's what we're having tomorrow morning so i'm pumped for it mm. um do you like your hot sauces like kind of tomatoey uh i would say i like them a little bit more i mean there's certainly some aspect of tomato in them i think but i like uh i don't think like not overly like i'm trying to t- think how i can describe this valentino's it's almost like a like a s- smoky it's like a spicy, slightly smoky kind of, you know, vinegary. Mm. I don't know. It's just fantastic. Really, really good stuff. Mm. And I didn't do a good job of describing it at all. Um, <laughs> but it's really good. So I don't know. I I don't think – I'm not looking for tomato flavors in my hot sauce. I'm looking more for a little okay. bit of smoke and a little bit of that tang. I don't know. I'm having a hard time describing it. But, yeah, Valentino's, Valentina's. I can't remember what it's called. But, man, it's good. I like the, like, I find the tomato we ones are, yeah, just too tangy and it, it throws off. I, I like, I like when the spice just kind of immerses on your tongue. Like I like chipotle peppers. I like chipotle sauce. Like it just has that, like just covers your whole palate kind of thing. Yeah, it's like really that. good. Really good mouthfeel on that stuff. Good tongue yeah. coverage. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I also, I hate like, you know, just heat for the sake of heat. Like that, there has to be a nice little. Oh, cause it's just a pain. It's, right? There's no, it's so stupid. I had a, yeah. I've had friends who just love food that's so hot it makes them cry right like mm. it just hurts like you we've all felt it where your mouth is on fire mm. Like, mm. i hate that uh especially when because you can't even taste the flavors and it ruins the whole meal for you because you can't taste anything mm-hmm. after so no, there has to be good flavors and a little bit of heat sure and it can be a lot of heat but as long as it's not like an overbearing 
you know, sort of just burn your tongue off heat. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so my father's day was okay, but yeah, sick little boy. Not, um, you know, it sucks. You just feel bad for him. Mm. What was the tradition growing up for you? Like with you, with your dad? Uh, that's a good question. And I don't know that we had any firm tradition. Usually, um, you know, we get him something like a little gift, whatever it was. Um, and usually there'd be a meal in there that we'd make. So breakfast, mm-hmm. usually I can, I can recall, you know, making breakfast for my dad with my mom in the morning and having mm-hmm. the gifts wrapped beforehand and going out with my mom the weeks leading up, finding a gift for him and, um, all that stuff. And then you know, sort of, we, I, I, I feel like the morning was kind of the part of it. Dad and I might go golfing or something sometimes or, nice. um, something like that maybe a little bit later on but younger i feel like we just you know the morning time and the breakfast and that's when we give them the gift and all that stuff that was sort of celebration then we would just sort of go about our day it was never like a full day thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and it was the same for mother's day too like we you know usually a breakfast or a meal or something and sometimes an activity but usually it was just sort of like the activity was making food with them and for them and all that stuff so that's that was generally the trend but um yeah no real firm traditions what about you yeah, we didn't have, like, it wasn't a full day thing, but definitely the morning was, I'd always make my dad breakfast. Um, he was always, there was always a spot in the front yard where he'd sit down and kind of just wait for his meal. And he, he, you could see a little bit of like a, he just like this anticipation with himself, like just be like, all right, it's coming, you know? Was there one and meal that you'd make him? Probably. Oh, what, what, what meal? What, was there one meal? Yeah, like one consistent um, Yeah, it would always be like breakfast and eggs and that was sort of his thing. And I uh, just had a little bit more of a twist to it. Like just add a little specialty. Um, yeah, no, I didn't. Have... <laughs> uh, I don't know. It'd just be like, you know, just add like a special fruit on the side or, sure. um, just cook it a little bit differently. Um, uh, just presentation, right? Everything was just a little bit different. So just tried to make that meal feel a little extra special. Uh, but that was about it. I remember there was one year though. I missed father's day. Like you forgot. And I want to say, yeah, and and um, you know, he's probably hearing the truth right now <laughs> about this, but uh, yeah, I, I, I want to say it was maybe late teens or something, and I forgot, and it broke his heart. It literally, like, it, yeah, it hurt him because he was just like, "So you didn't say Happy Father's Day to me today?" And I feel like I was if just, this is at the end of the day. Yeah, I think so, or it was the next day. I don't know. He just wasn't talking to me, right? And I was like, oh, shoot, something's up. And he's like, you didn't say Happy Father's Day to me. And and then I made something up. I did. And I said that, uh, I said, well, I don't need a single day to tell you that I that I love you every single day, right? Like, I, I, I and I, I really, I tried to smooth it out that way. Um, and how'd it go? And, and he took it, oh. right? He's like, okay. He's like, if that's how you feel, he took it. And I still felt, I felt like shit because I was like, totally just lied to him. Um, but I was like, I, at that moment I was like, I feel like I'm going to break his heart if I just said, yeah, I'm sorry. I forgot. Right. Because like we've talked about this and his presence in my life and he's been there for everything. And it's like, I had one fucking day and I couldn't remember that. Like, oh man, it killed me. It killed me. And so, yeah, Father's Day was always really special for him. It was a really special thing. And so it was something that, um, beyond that one time, it was never forgotten. And so I definitely think about him on Father's Day. Like it's very, it's a very close day for us. Um, yeah, so, well, I should say, well, people probably wouldn't know this, but, but 
you know this <laughs> is that you know after he died like his we we spread his ashes on father's day right like it, it was just a very sort of circular thing for me like that was the day it needed to be done and uh yeah so it's it, it's uh it, it was always a special day it's 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 a hard day but um but yeah that one day i can't i <laughs> can't believe i forgot that one day oh man you yeah. i can't that'd be a guilt obviously like a guilt to sort of yeah forever right like you never you feel so bad when you let you know when you have parents that are so involved in your life and so special to you and um and you let them down god there's no there's no worse feeling um but having said that i mean you think about so you made a lie like i don't I don't need to tell you dad like i don't need one single day to tell you that i love you and all that stuff but mm. i i feel like the relationship you had with your dad probably did tell him almost every day like you, you there was no shortage of you know relaying the fact to him that you loved him as a dad and all that stuff so they're probably i mean it was a lie shared lie you know but it's smart but it's you know i know that you're not proud of it and all that stuff but pretty good lie on the spot um but there, there's probably like a modicum of truth to it too yeah you know it's funny because i would say i want to say maybe after that day recognizing like we've talked about this too like um, him being, I don't know if it was a cultural thing in his upbringing, but like feelings weren't sort of a thing that was a part of our household. Like we never told each other that we loved each other. It was just kind of implied and you understood it. But when I understood that, that, that really hurt him, I was like, okay, like he, I know he has thick skin, uh, but there's, there's a sensitive spot to him. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and this is like, he, there was, he really needed appreciation and he needs recognition and, and it's not all the time. And he's all, and for him, it was just this one time a year. He just needed that one time a year for me to be like, to relay that, you know, um, that I, that I loved him and I cared about him and, and all these sort of things. And it was funny because like, as in his sort of last few years of his life, he would always ask me, be like, do you remember that time when we were, when we were kids, when you were a kid? Um, and just like this memory. And I'd be like, yeah. And just seeing like the the joy in his face to know that like I recognize those moments, right. And remember those moments. And I, and I kind of feel the same way with Davina. Like I'll have these little uh, memories, uh, these little sort of, you know, picture moments. And I'm sure you have these sort of things where you're just like, I got to take this mental picture. And obviously she's, she's still really young, but I hope in the future, like I probably will feel the same way and, and try to um, be like, Hey, Avina, do you remember this time? And, and when you share that, it's just extra special, you know? I wonder if that skill, to me personally, I mean, um, the skill to be able to, to recognize a moment as being a wonderful moment and to sort of decide to sort of commit that to memory and commit those details of wherever that moment is uh, to memory as best as you can, I think is one of the biggest secrets in parenting and in trying to enjoy parenting because parenting is really fucking hard. And there are days where... Um, you feel like you're not getting any of those moments. Like there's days mm -hmm. where you feel like, like what? Like I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so frustrated. Mm -hmm. I'm so mad. I'm whatever. Right. Like just all these emotions. Um, and I was talking to a buddy about it and he said, he's like, man, it's about the moments. It's about recognizing mm -hmm. these moments, even the shitty days, there's going to be these moments and being able to just mm -hmm. say, this is a good moment. And the next second it's going to go to shit again, but you had that moment and it doesn't, you know, the fact that the that the next moment goes to shit and somebody whatever throws something at you or like yells at you or whatever it is, doesn't take away the fact that that other moment happened, right? Like it's um, for sure. And th so the ability, so I've tried to really be like, this is a wonderful moment. Like just recognize mm -hmm. the moment for what it is, because this is like sort of what 
sort of what it's all about. I mean, I don't want to sound dramatic, but, you know, condensing or being able to kind of filter out those moments and recognize them and cherish them and uh, recognize them for how special they are, I think is helps. It, it has really helped me um, when it comes to parenting and my mental approach to parenting, particularly when times are tough. And there's some tough times when you're parenting. It's those little, I think it's those little joys too, right? Like you're, you're more probably conscious about remembering the, the big events, right? The, the big sort of milestones, obviously, but what, what I, and I'm not sure what your feelings are on this, but like just when, when my dad left, you know, the thing, the the things that I get most emotional about are the little things, Mm. right? The little memories, right? The little sort of behavioral gestures that I don't get to see anymore or just like the little, um, I don't know, uh, just, just little encounters that I may have had with him or the way he moved or, I know just like little, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and also just like, um, you know, I may have shared a meal with him in this way and this is how it would have looked like, like this is how it would have been structured. This is how it would have been eating, like all these little things. And so these are the things that I now recognizing this, this is the stuff that I am taking more or I'm I'm being more mindful about in my relationship with the Vina. Mm. And so it'll be like, I don't know, a small thing could be like her and I sometimes we'll have fruit together and we'll sit outside uh, on, on the, the foot of the deck right? And we'll just be sitting, have a bowl of cherries, you know, and we'll just be sharing this bowl of cherries. And I just, I'm just like, I just record that in my head, right? Uh, or like 3.30 in the afternoon on a work day, right now working from home, she'll come up and be like, daddy, it's fruit time. And so we'll have, a, we'll have our own fruit time, right? Yeah. And so it's like, you know, that's like, it's not a big event, but it's like, I know I'm going to remember that and it's just going to be so special. So that's what I'm trying to really just focus on these days is like those little things, because I think those are the ones that get, that get lost, but they're so extra special when, when you don't get to share them anymore. Right. Yeah, totally. And I, I think that's sort of what the, I don't know, like the secret sounds like a stupid thing to say, but I, I think that's a really important aspect of parenting is it's, it's not the, if you set these expectations to find fulfillment in these grand moments, like, oh, this mm-hmm. is hard, but when you're seven, I'm taking you to Disneyland and we're going to mm-hmm. create a lifetime worth of memories at Disneyland. A, you're not really in the moment because you're thinking about that trip to Disneyland in five years or four years or whatever it is. And B, you're setting a lot of expectations for those giant trips, for mm-hmm. those big things that are coming up. And expectations only lead to resentment, right? Like if mm-hmm. so now all of a sudden, instead of being in Disneyland, if you go and just being like, Okay, like we're here and we'll just see how it goes. And if it's fun, great, if it's not, whatever. You're like, No, we I've been building this up in my head for four years. We've been saving for four years to come do this trip and we're gonna have fun, goddammit. And if we don't have fun, it's a mm-hmm. disaster or whatever, right? Um and so I feel like recognizing that you're not going to find fulfillment as a parent in those big moments, mm-hmm. in those, you know, grand gestures or whatever it is. It's in the sort of these everyday little moments that kind of happen. And those are the things that as you're lying on your deathbed, there's this great Radiohead song where they talk about their videotape. Basically, it's just this metaphor for this tape that plays at, at like the end of mm-hmm. your life. And this is one of the good days. And so I'm going to put it on my videotape. But basically, when you're dying and that videotape plays, if that's how it happens, which who knows if it does, but it's not going to be the big things. It's going to be the little things. It's, you know, it's, it's going mm-hmm. to be the way your whatever dad cut gardens in the front or, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Uh, flowers mm-hmm. in the front garden or whatever. Right. Like it's going to be these mm-hmm. little things that um, maybe in the moment 
when you were a kid growing up with your parent, you didn't realize the value of it. But it sounds like for you, and I'm I'm certainly trying to do that. Like you recognize the value in those small things and how mm. that's yeah. what makes it. That's what makes parenting great is these small moments. Even if in the next moment your kid just headbutts you. <laughs> he headbutted me so hard the other day. He does that, eh? Yeah. He does that quite a bit. He, well, he, yeah, he just, um, yeah, he's uh, he's got a lot of emotions, little guy, and he doesn't know. <laughs> you know, we're trying to teach him how to how to handle those big emotions and big feelings. It's, yeah. I don't handle my yeah. big. I threw his bib the other day. And I was like, ah, stupid bib. I threw it. That's stupid, right? I'm a fucking 30-year-old man, for God's sakes. Like, um, I don't know. So it's just like they have all these big emotions inside, and you try to show them the way, but he's two and a half. He's not going to figure it out. Anyways, yeah, you headbutted the shit out of me. And like, you know how behind your ears you have, like, those bumps, like those bones that, mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. protrude? He got me so good in one of them that it was twice as big as the other one. Like, it just, like, swole up. Yeah, fucking got me, got me good. Um, you have cauliflower ears. Yeah, I'm looking like a wrestler. Right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so you know, one minute you're having like these beautiful, like he hurt his teeth the other day, and he said, "Kiss my teeth," and he like held his teeth out, and like for yeah. people watching it, that's like, God, that's fucking stupid. But for me, I was like, yeah. this is, like this is the cutest yeah. thing. Like this, I'm doing this right now. I yeah. love about him, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, and then whatever. Two minutes later, he's just head butting me in the face. Um, <laughs> Anyways, so I think I think it's all about yeah exactly that those little those little moments. Do you ever find uh, with now with both of your kids now that you think about your childhood a lot more when you're around them? I think about it from a standpoint of the, my parents certainly and like what yeah. you know maybe what they were going through or you know the um, understanding all all of the emotions and feelings and energy and stress that can go into parenting and just being completely oblivious to it. Even like, mm -hmm. like even in my twenties, my mom would get worried if I was out partying or something. My mom always, when I was out partying, she could not fall asleep until I got home. Mm. So you know, I was a steakhead from the time I was 18 to, to whatever. Well, I moved away when I was 18. Anyway, just, but like, you know, when you're young, um, you don't, realize that i'd be like mom like what are you like why are you still up i'm fine like like why are you still up but mm. she has friends whose children were killed in drunk car crashes and whatever right mm. and so they would really drive home like don't get in the car with somebody who's been drinking or whatever right and of course in my mind i'm like yeah okay i won't but to her she's like well you know i've seen this happen to other people and it terrifies me and but when i was 18 or 19 i was just like god stop worrying like what are you mm. doing just go to mm -hmm. sleep like i always mm. come home um but she couldn't sleep. And I never understood that until now. Mm. Just things mm -hmm. like that. There's this book, um, Patton Oswald's wife, who's now passed away. And I, I can't remember her name, Kelly something, wrote mm. this book on the, um, a serial killer in California, uh, the Golden State Killer, they called him. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. Super interesting story. It's one of those things where like, they, you know, it was a cold case. He murdered a bunch of people, sexually assaulted a bunch of people, never found them. Anyways, she writes this book, she dies. Um, but right after she dies, they actually catch the guy, and a lot of it had to do with the work she was doing. Anyways, that mm -hmm. has nothing to do with any of this. In that book, she talks about how she had this really fractured relationship with her mother. Um, like they were always fighting, always fighting, and that was cause, like mm -hmm. I always got along great with my mom. But how she frames this is great. I thought so. It's this really fractured relationship, and she never got it. She was like, "Why? Like, why are you like that? Like, why are you like that?" And then she had a kid, and she said she and mm -hmm. her, her mom died before 
her daughter was born. And she said when her daughter was born, she cried for three days because she finally got it. She finally got mm. why her mom was the way she was to her, but her mom was dead. And so she couldn't tell her mm. mom, I understand. All the stuff that you were doing, I understand. Mm. And I'm sorry and whatever, right? And it's just like this thing. And I, I hate sort of stories like that because it, um, if you're, you know, or I don't hate stories like that. I hate when I say things like what I'm about to say, but making me a parent has really helped me understand my parents. And it's hard mm -hmm. to, it's hard to get if you don't have kids and that sounds, you know, sort of exclusionist or, or uh, gatekeeping or something, but I don't, it's this, it's this sea of emotions that I don't know how to, I could never relate to until I had kids. And now that I've had that, I'm swimming in the sea of emotions. So to answer your question, Yes, I, I think about it a lot. Mm. And I think about how I never, I would do things when I was a kid and my parents would react a certain way. And I'd be, like my mom staying up until I got home. I'm like, what are you doing? Like this, like it didn't make any sense to me then. It mm -hmm. makes a ton of mm -hmm. sense to me now. Mm -hmm. You? Yeah, I would, I would uh, just to sort of echo uh, what you're saying about, you know, until you're a parent, it's, it's sort of hard to see that. Although I think it just, it, it, it gets enabled in, in, in a more uh just in a more firm way i guess like those feelings or being able to be more empathetic or or understanding your parents a lot more just becomes enabled more firmly i guess it doesn't mean that somebody who doesn't have a kid can't place themselves to try to project um or understand what their parents would have gone through uh, or would have been going through but i think when you have something where it's like you know the saying of having a kid is like having your heart outside your chest. Like, I don't know how you, how you recreate those feelings. Like, yeah. you know, you could probably, you, you may be able to do with, with nieces or nephews to some extent. I mean, everyone's situations and family situations look different. Yeah. So I can't say that that can't happen mm -hmm. for sure. Or, or, you know, pets are people's family members and, you know, it, it, so, but it, it's, it, if you're able to have that kind of situation where you're just like, your heart is, is beating outside your chest, through somebody else and you don't know you'd have no control yeah. over how you that person's influence. gonna you have influence you have influence but you don't have ultimate control exactly that's a hard thing it's a hard thing so yeah no totally i i agree with that that i i i i live or when i see when i witness a venus childhood i definitely think about sort of how I, I think about when she gets older, sort of how I'm going to handle those situations and, and how my parents did and think about that. I do though think about when there are experiences that she is having right now that I know that I had mm -hmm. that I'm like, okay, where was that? Where was I, what was I doing? Right. Or what would that have looked like? Or what would my parents have been doing? Right. Like, so for example, today we've been, we were planting in our front garden. Right. And, my family were gardeners. Like we did a lot of that. Right. And so just thinking about like, Oh, she's going to grow up like with a green thumb and, 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 or possibly anyways, or has been influenced that way. And just sort of seeing her help us and thinking about like sort of how I would help my parents with the gardening. Right. And, and so, yeah, I, I feel a lot of that, which is, which is, which is a great feeling to have to sort of relive your childhood. And for, at least for me, it was, I was very blessed to have a positive childhood. So to sort of relive that in some ways through through my daughter, but in a different way because it's a different person and different relationships and context and all that. Mm -hmm. It's like it's 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 like feeding off 
my childhood, but building something new. It's just a really cool. It's almost like re-experiencing those old experiences in like a bit of a different way or something. Like it adds adds something to those previous experiences, right? It it like shifts them just a little bit for the better. It sounds like for a lot of them. Um, Yeah. Yeah. No, it's really interesting. Um, It's a lens that you just, it's like a, if you ever went to war or something coming home and like all those guys who like were in Vietnam coming home and trying to explain to people what it was like there. Mm-hmm. You just can't like you just can't, and I'm not saying that like parenting is like going to war, and you know, all I'm saying is I feel like there are experiences out there that just the words and the comprehension of words, you just it they, they just don't exist. That process doesn't mm-hmm. exist to sort of capture what that experience is like, and this is one of them. And it's like this insane lens that you're looking through. It's like you just said, it's like shifted, you know, like it, like all this history. So like. On the surface, it's just you and your wife and your daughter in a garden. But for you, there's like this lifetime of experience from when you were a kid. There's this present moment with your daughter now in the garden. And then there's like this future that you have envisioned. And it's happening literally, Kyle, I'm not going to lie to you. It's literally happening all at the same time, right? Just like all these different streams of uh, and flow of like visuals and information is happening, especially when I get that time to just like sit for like a couple of seconds. I'm just like, Oh my God, like I did this or I did something similar to this. Avina's doing this right now. Oh, what's going to happen when she, so like you said, with the future projections too, it's just so cool. You know what yeah, I mean? It's totally. just, no, I, it's, yeah. and that's what I mean. It's like this, it's like this sea. It's like this swirling, crazy, you know, like rapids of, of like emotions and feelings and expectations and mm-hmm. hopes and fears and all at once in every moment, like, I don't know. It's weird. And even I find that like now somebody will say something to me. They'll hit me so profoundly. My mom said the other day, how are the boys? And I was just like, what a trip. Like, I don't know, like three years ago, that wouldn't have meant anything to me. And now that means everything to me. And just like, like for her to be able to say like the boys. And even after she said it, she's like, how good does that sound? Like, like, you know, Mm. like, 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 she said that to you. Like, how good does that sound? How are the boys? Um, And then just, you know, it's, how are the boys? Like, what is that? Four words. And I was just like, for me, I like, I was like, holy shit. Like I'm, you know, I'm an, you know, I'm an older person now and I have two children and they're yeah. both boys and like all this, I don't know. It's, it's weird, man. And so it's yeah. funny how, um, I don't know, just like how you f- filter information and how you see things and how that's influenced by, I don't know, just like your whole life mm-hmm. and your kids' lives and your wife's life and the, future vision you have for things and you know i'm scared of everything all the time like it's just this really weird space to play in um i don't know yeah no so i I, uh i I appreciate that question because it's a it's a good question and it's a hard one to to sort of pin down but it it's uh it's it's sort of helped me kind of verbalize how i feel about parenting in a i don't know sort of coherent way maybe what would you say, or when do you think your earliest childhood memory was? Like, what age do you ah, think? I don't know. What would you uh, guess? Be? We lived. The most of my clearest childhood memories are from, like, probably four. I'm trying to think. So, because we lived in three houses that I remember just a little bit. The first one I can like picture like the street that we were on. I think I was like three. And then we moved to this other house for a couple of years, and I, could, I have some very vivid memories from there. And then we moved to this log cabin, and I, I remember that very vividly. And that all happened from, like, age three to probably, I don't know, 
six or something. So mm-hmm. somewhere in that range. But the earliest memory I have that's sort of foggy is probably three. But I was just reading something you... today that said like a, a nine-year-old will remember almost her whole life up to a certain point, right? Like from like two to nine. But when she's 16, she won't remember those two to nine years, right? Like it, it's, it's mm. like this, they call it some form of amnesia where you, as you get older, you will forget things that you used to remember when you were, so yeah, like mm-hmm. when you're 10, you'll have memories that you remember that you can recall that when you're 20, you will not have those memories anymore. Cause it's mm-hmm. like this amnesia that develops as you grow older. I don't know how it works or anything, but, um, it's, it, I'm curious, do you know when that sort of study was done? Uh, I'm trying to, I just read it this week and I'm trying to think of where I read it and I can't remember. Cause I have this, I have this, I wonder if kids today, so our kids, right? The fact that we have you know, these, we have our cameras in our pockets, right? Easily take a bunch of pictures. I don't know if your kids are the same, at least, um, you know, Lowell and Avina are kind of the same age. And so if he like sees him, his pictures often, but Avina likes to see her pictures, if that sort of, what does that do for your memory? I guess is what I'm mm-hmm. saying. Because for me, I think my early childhood memory is around three. And I, I do remember my earliest my first memory i do remember my first memory because i had to do this when you go through we go through therapy and counseling one of the exercises is toward sort of pinpoint um very sort of significant moments in your life and so um you have to sort of narrow down what you think is your earliest childhood memory and and so that would have been the age of three but i also have my dad has video recordings of different moments in my life and so I know, I know, I remember things, but then I'm like, am I remembering these things through the video camera and then being able, and then being able to, uh, because I know what my family home looked like, just kind of reconstruct a memory, mm-hmm. an artificial one, or is something there and this video is just triggering a memory that has been built in into mm-hmm. my long-term memory system. And so I wonder with like kids today, because they see a lot more photos more frequently, like, I mean... Obviously, when we grew up with film camera, you don't take your film camera all the time. It's for special moments or, you know, you don't waste film. Most people don't. And even with video cameras, not everyone had them. But nowadays, it's so easy to just take a bunch of pictures frequently. Yeah, it's free. And so what is that What is that doing to, kids, to, to, to memories of kids? Is it actually strengthening their their limbic system and their, and their memory, their long-term memory? Or is it weakening it? Like, I... I, I I've been thinking about that a lot, actually, like whether because because Avina, when I ask her about something that happened because she's three in a bit now, when I ask her something last summer, she can be very precise and there's no pictures of it. Hmm. Right. She can be very precise of certain situations and there's no pictures to it. And so I'm like, okay, is that a good guess? Is that coincidence or is it or and she's seen pictures of a certain moment or event and so is it just reconstructing something and is it triggering something? So I, 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 my hypothesis is I believe that they're actually, their memory is going to be strengthened as a result, but I don't know. I wonder, and I, and I don't know, because um, I guess they live the moment and when they live that moment, they're in the moment. And then later they'll get a picture that reminds them of the moment they lived in. They're not, because at this point, you know, she's not taking the picture and then not experiencing that moment. Like she's not relying on the camera to capture the moment mm-hmm. for her. She's mm-hmm. experiencing it. And then the, and then later that picture sort of reinforces it in her memory. 
but based on the thing that I read, which again, I have no idea where it came from, <laughs> so it might not be valuable at all, but uh, she'll forget that. Like when she's, so like right now, she can remember that thing from last summer, you know, vividly. Mm. But when she's 10, she won't have any recollection of it at all. And then, you know, and like that, that, that age that she'll, that she kind of forgets or that kind of gets um, swept from her memory will sort of increase to a certain point as, as she gets older. So like right now she can remember times from when she's one and a half, maybe but when she's 10, it'll be two and a half. And when she's 20, it'll be three and that's it. Um, mm. But it's like the end. It's like the untethering of the soul when kids are first born. If you believe in reincarnation, I don't know anything about that. It sounds very dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, There's thoughts out there that, like, if 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 you believe in reincarnation, that um, that kids are attached to their previous souls in like their first few years of oh. life, and then eventually they become untethered. Oh, so they become like their own person, separate from that previous. Yes, soul. and so 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 the soul, so the soul that they had continues on but if we, if it essentially forgets the previous physical being that it was a part of and it now merges with the new physical being wholly cool i like that theory yeah, yeah. um yeah well because so so it's interesting because um because because growing up my my dad said my sister uh said something at the age of like three and just started saying a very detailed story about how her I think like her boyfriend died or something like that very vividly. Right. And just, she sat my dad down on the bed and just started saying this story out of nowhere, like a very detailed graphic story. And it was very dramatic. And so my dad is, you know, um, part of his, him being Hindu, but also he just, he does believe in reincarnation and, and, and the soul and, and all this sort of mm-hmm. stuff. And so for him, it was just like, wow, he, he really believed in us sort of like, okay, she's still partially tethered. Right. So I saw it's funny because Michelle yeah. and I will look at signs in Avena, like when she just mentions little things. Or she just does makes your no taxes sense. flawlessly. <laughs> Great. She was an accountant <laughs> in her previous <laughs> life. No. <laughs> I love the accountants out there, by the way. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I don't know. We just kind of look for these little things and wonder if, if there's still some tethering. Well, so. that's really, no, I, I've never heard that before, but it, it sounds like, you know, super cool uh, um, theory or. Um, belief, yeah, that I've, mm. you know, I'm not going to question it. I, I like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe it could be, yeah. Like maybe it's it's linked to that. I don't know. But it's um, interesting stuff. And I'll, I'll be interested to hear or to see in 30 years' time what our kids' generation, so mm-hmm. how it's how it will be different from the, the, the generation before it uh, as far as memory goes. Because I, I don't know. Like they could – I feel like the fact that we're always taking pictures and every moment's captured um, could help with memory or could really, really hurt it. But I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, 30 years from now, I mean, there's already talk about chips being implanted into brains to sort of. Um, well, uh, Elon Musk is working on this, right? It's called Neuralink Great or something. Yeah. Well, why, exactly. what's the benefit so, of having a chip in your brain? Well, this is, this is so I mean, people are kind of Gmail. blowing. People. <laughs> <laughs> uh, people have kind of lowered out a proportion, I think, proportion for Neuralink, but I'm sure it has exponential possibilities. But essentially, the first part is to help people who have issues with their central nervous system. So it uh-huh. could be like, you know, motor issues, like where they, you know, Parkinson's or, or stuff like that to help people with oh, that. But true. the thought is that, uh, you know, it could expand to all kinds of things where 
we may just be we may just be communicating through our thoughts rather than like verbal communication this and Wally. essentially yeah exactly that. Uh, well, so, not exactly i think prophetic. i think wally is actually so prophetic and profound i so love good. that movie yeah, it's it solid solid movie i'm yeah um we're not like we don't watch movies with a kid yet because i don't think he could sit and watch tv for an hour and a half mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we we'll watch daniel tiger right now for like two episodes Sunday afternoon, we'll watch it. Mm. That's generally the trend. Um, and today mm. he was like three quarters of the way through one, and he was just like, "Ah, I'm bored of this. Let's go do something else." Um, mm. But I'm excited for when we get to watch kids' movies. There's some good ones. Did you see Toy Story three? Mm. I'm not. Well, I, I barely saw Toy Story one, and so I'm kind yeah, of yeah. Toy Story yeah. three. There's this moment in Toy Story three. There's one of the most beautiful cinematic moments I've ever seen, and it's like uh, I can't remember what leads up to it but all the toys are like basically in this giant incinerator it's like woody and buzz and you know the the, um whole gang's there and they're like slowly like working they're like like being pulled into this incinerator and they're and they're gonna die and they like Mm. keep like looking for ways out and finally they realize that there just isn't a way out that like this is the end and they just like hold each other's hands and make a decision that they're just gonna die with grace together oh my goodness it's it's insane it's insane (laughs) and and like you know i don't know one of them farts and they fall through this hole and like they get out of it i can't remember how they get out of it but they do uh but it's this beautiful moment and it's toy story 3 i didn't expect it but i'm I'm excited to like watch like monsters inc i'm excited to watch cars i'm excited to watch wally with my kid i'm excited to watch all these because the thing is these movies the good ones are pretty good um and they're Mm -hmm. funny so i'm excited for like movie time with my kid I know, me too. Yeah. Um, me too. Yeah. Um, did I? Uh, did I? I know. I know. There's an answer. We should probably wrap this up. Did I tell you though? I know. I said we went camping last week, though. I forgot to tell you that we saw a Grizzly Mom in her cup. Oh, sick! Like as we were, yeah, as we were driving, uh, so we went camping near the Isles Parkway, which for folks who are not in Alberta is just uh, sort of the highway that connects Banff National Park and and, and Jasper National Park. And so we went camping down there. As we were driving, there was uh, yeah, a grizzly mom and her cub, and so we were able to get our car relatively co- close. And the cub was feeding on its mom. It was like a beautiful oh, moment, man. and and it's rare to see grizzlies, as you know, yeah. right? And to see a cub and its mom just out in the open was was really cool. That's so, awesome. That's a really sweet moment to be able to show your kid a bear up front, like up yeah. close. Um, that's yeah. awesome. Really, really cool. Yeah. Oh, dude, that's a that's a super sweet thing. Um, yeah, so I figured maybe we could end on that. Yeah, bear story. <laughs> I love bear stories. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Well, I'm glad you guys got out yeah. camping and had a good time. Um, it was really yeah. good. It was uh, the campsite that we had was just surrounded by mountains. Anyone who hasn't been to the Rockies, guys, you just have to you have to come yeah, out here. Yeah, something else. So, it is something where we're yeah, we're very is. lucky to have it within four hours from where we live. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, buddy. Well, should we wrap it up on that note? A bit of meandering convo, but not bad. (laughs) Not bad. bad Yeah. All right. Appreciate you, buddy. See you, man. We'll chat soon. Yeah, you bet. See you later. Bye.